Good morning, Life Center Church family. Good morning, good morning. Um, happy Sunday. It's so good to have you guys join us this morning, streaming in from your homes, your kitchens, your living rooms, the new church, right? Thank God. Well, welcome, welcome. You know, I'm so honored to um, have the opportunity to be able to share what I feel the Lord has laid on my heart for our church family, Life Center New York City, as well as the church at large. And I really hope that it blesses you. Um, I believe that when we enter 2020, and I'll share a little bit more about this later, but I do believe that we entered not just a new year or a new decade, but actually a new era, a new timeline in God's calendar. And um, it's really about the glory of God. I believe that we're entering a time and a season where we are going to see the glory of God um, at an unprecedented level. And I'm really excited about, you know, what's to come. And in fact, in many ways, what's already come. Um, before any significant move of God, there's a shaking that happens. And um, out of that shaking has birthed revival and significant moves of God that has transformed every sphere of influence and, and, and transformed the world. And today, what I'll be talking about, um, the title of my message is Get Ready, because um, that's what I believe is on the Lord's heart right now. That's what he's saying to the church. That's what he's saying to Life Center New York City. Get ready. Um, get ready. Um, and so we'll be reading from 1 Corinthians two, one to five. Um, and so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, um, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. So this was Paul writing um, to the church. And in Corinthian, he, what he was doing was he was literally just kind of explaining um, how he had brought the message to the church. Um, and so I'm now at verse two, it says, for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Um, I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message, verse four, and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom but on God's power. I believe we're about to start seeing the power of God on a whole new level. Before any significant move, like I said, there's often a shake. And I think of Jeremiah Lanfai, who started, you know, the Fulton Street Revival. He was a businessman in New York City. He was actually a, cloth, a clothing um, wholesaler. So he sold um, clothing to businesses. And um, he came to know the Lord. And so he began kind of, um, after his conversion, just speaking to people and preaching the good news to people by handing out tracts. What would happen though, he, he would get really tired and exhausted and so he would go and kind of pray and he found that whenever he prayed at noon, he would get the much needed strength that he needed to kind of go back out there and just kind of preach and share the good news. And he thought to himself, well, you know, if this is working for me, praying and, and just receiving strength is working for me, maybe it's gonna work for other people. And so he 
printed out a whole bunch of tracks. It's actually about 20,000 flyers and um, kind of just handed them out. And he booked a room in Fulton Street and, and said, I'm going to pray there and invite people to pray with me. And so he did that. This was in the 1850s. And um, he went and he started praying and, and one person showed up and it took a little while. But eventually there was about 40 businessmen just really seeking the Lord in New York City. At the same time, there was a lot of civil unrest. There was fear about the civil war which was very much heightened at the time and civil unrest between obviously races. You also had the economic downturn. You had the banks closed, the factories closed, even the railroads closed. And so there was a lot of fear and desperation um, that just kind of hit all spheres of influence. And so people were really desperate. They were crying out. And what went from 40 businessmen to the downturn financially to the economy led to over 5,000 people praying um, in New York City and seeking the Lord. And it was such a phenomenon at the time that the media covered it, the mainstream media, because they were blown away. People were just coming. People were praying, seeking the Lord, humbled, repenting, and really getting wisdom from the Lord. And not only did it happen here in the United States, well, first in New York City, it spread all over the United States and it spread all over the world, all the way to the United Kingdom. And that birthed even other revivals all across the world. And it changed the world. And what you see there, what you, you saw a praying man, right, who was praying, but you also saw the shaking that happened to the economy and kind of it caused people to look upwards and then boom, we have revival and that happened. And that's, that's something we're still enjoying the benefits of, you know, years later. And that's one great example of what a shaken can do um, to really bring the glory of God. Um, there's also the story in the Bible um, of Pentecost. It's funny because you see such a transformation from John. Um, you see John, Jesus riding um, in John 12, he's riding um, into Jerusalem on a donkey, right? And he's with the disciples. You can't imagine how they must have felt around him, where you had the people kind of just lining up and they were like, Hosanna in the highest, Jesus, the King of Israel, and they're declaring who he is. And the disciples are around him, walking with him, probably feeling invincible at the time, right? This is the King of the Jews and this is what we were called for. At the height of their excitement, at the height of what they probably perceived as their destiny, finally, their man, Jesus, is being acknowledged officially and formally as the king of Israel. Finally, they get it. And so I'm sure the disciples were so excited, felt invincible, felt untouchable. Well, fast forward just a couple of chapters later, they are hiding um, in a room, petrified for their lives, thinking they were going to be killed, hiding, literally hiding. They don't, don't want to be associated to Jesus. They are hiding. What had happened while well, Jesus was crucified came from nowhere. Now, he had told them about it, obviously in parables. He had actually literally told them, but they didn't. It wasn't the right time for them to grasp it because there's something about the timing of the Lord that is always perfect. Um, so they didn't really grasp it at the time, but it happens. And they are like, what? He's the king of the Jews. Not only is he crucified, on the cross is the king of the Jews. So the irony of that, and the disciples are petrified for their lives. They know that the Jewish leaders are probably coming for them next. So they are petrified, hiding, probably thinking, what just happened, right? And that's probably how a lot of you may have felt, you know, 
with COVID, um, everything seemed fine end of last year. In fact, January, I mean, we were hearing about it in Asia, but then it just seemed like a suddenly, it was just a suddenly things changed. You couldn't leave your house, you have to wear a mask. It's just, but that's how it must have felt as well, even then. Um, but let's then fast forward. We then see Acts 2, right? Jesus appears to the disciples and tells them, hey, why don't you go wait for me in Jerusalem? Go up to the upper room and wait. So 120 of them go and wait in the upper room and we see in Acts 2. In fact, let's read Acts 2. Um, Acts 2 and we'll start with verse 2. And suddenly, the suddenlies of God, right? Suddenly, there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it hit, filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as like fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so they go from super fearful to now going up to the upper room, waiting and tiring for the Holy Spirit as he promised, right? And then boom, the suddenly of the Lord, the, it happens, right? After the shaking, and then soon later, the next chapter, what do we see? They're not hiding anymore. These disciples are not hiding. They are out on the streets. They are healing the sick. They are raising the dead. They are delivering people out of demonic activity. They are fearless. But the shaking happened first. Not only do we see that, we see the church go from 120. Well, in fact, it goes from a few disciples, 12, right, petrified, to 120 in the upper room, to 5,000, just in a moment of just not that much time. Why? Shaking matched with prayer, right? It does powerful things. And so I believe that we have entered a new era in the timeline of God where we are about to see the greatest revival that we have ever seen before. I believe the children of God, us, his body, his, his bride, we are being called to a higher place to be able to host and steward what is to come. The enemy will regret that COVID ever happened. Just the way the Bible says that if Satan had known that Jesus would rise up from the dead and what has happened would happen, he would never have killed Jesus, right? And so I believe the Lord is doing three key things right now, even in this season. The first thing that I believe is doing is he's cleansing us as the body. We are being cleansed. I had a dream on the 1st of January, 2020. I, you know, I spent the time with the Lord, just kind of seeking the Lord about what was to come in 2020 and what this new decade would look like and especially um, the year would look like. And I had a dream, it was an interesting dream and I knew the Lord was answering my prayer. And in this dream, I was at the back of a church. It was a very small gathering. I wanna say maybe max 100 people. But I was at the back of the church and I was observing and there was a preacher at the front. He was in his 50s, I would say 50s, maybe mid 50s, an older gentleman. And um, he was talking and he said with a lot of authority but love, firm voice and authority. He said, you know, there are two types of people in this world. There's the group of people that don't believe in me. They don't believe in God. And there's the group that believe in God. You don't fall in the first category. You fall in the second category. 
He then moved and he said, but I want to ask you, what is your theology? What is your theology? What is your theology? He said that three times. And every single time he said it, it kind of sounded firmer, louder, more authority. And then I woke up and I knew what the Lord was saying to me. And actually in that dream, the man that was speaking, there were moments where he was white, white hair, um, Caucasian, and then he would switch and he would be black, right? An Afro um, and black, just like I am. And it, it was like he was just switching color as he was speaking. And especially when he was saying, what is your theology? What is your theology? What is your theology? The, the, his color, his race would change. And so when I woke up and I kind of sought the Lord about the answer, and I felt the Lord was saying, you know, my body, they need to check their theology. 2020 is a year where the Lord is judging wrong theology. And so what do I mean by that? So we believe in God, yes, but do we fully believe in every aspect of the word of God? Do we believe he really wants us healed? Do we believe he's for us? It's one thing having a head revelation. It's another thing having a heart revelation that he's for you, that he wants you healed that he's always been there for you, even through the tragedy and even through the pain, that it wasn't his fault. He didn't cause that person to die. He didn't cause you to get sick. In fact, he's for you, right? And there's something about coming to the truth in your heart that the word of God is true. You know, revelation, you know you've received revelation when everything changes. Everything changes. It's not anymore in your head, but you're noticing that through that truth and that understanding of truth, everything has changed. The way you do things has changed. The way you talk has changed. What you believe has changed. That's when you know you've had revelation from God. And I believe in 2020, the Lord is judging mixtures. The man kept changing, the race kept changing. It was black, white, black, white, because the Lord is saying it's a black and white issue. It's not a gray issue. It's time that we begin to seek the Lord and seek his truths for our lives. And we are no longer, it's no longer mixed, right? With what I call false truth. So Eve is a great example, right? Eve is an example that comes to mind. You know, the, we don't see anywhere in the Bible in Genesis where the Lord told Eve, you know, you will um, die if you touch the fruit. But when the serpent comes, we see him asking her about the apple and she says, we were told not to touch of it and not to eat of it. That's not what we read in the Bible. When God told Adam, he said, don't eat. But Eve adds the touch. And so I could almost maybe imagine that Satan, serpent, in the form of the serpent, might have said, well, touch it. See, nothing happened, right? So what makes you think anything will happen when you eat it? So she goes, oh, okay, I'll just eat it. I'll eat it. Nothing happened when I touched it. Meanwhile, there was no instruction about touching. It was eating. And so she eats it, and then here we are now in a downfallen world. Because the enemy is very deceitful. He doesn't need you to believe a complete lie. He just wants the truth slightly altered. But then what sometimes we don't realize is it's now false, right? Because it's been altered. And 
in 2020, I believe the Lord is judging false truths. Things you've believed about yourself, things you've believed about your identity that maybe might have some truth in it, but it's been mixed with other things. Could even be racial, right? Raised in a certain culture where you might not even realize, but you have certain racial biases. I believe in 2020, the Lord is judging that. In that dream, the preacher was going from black to white, black to white. It's a black and white issue in terms of there are no grays in the kingdom of God. The Lord wants a pure bride. I know for me, you know, I, I studied law in the UK, which is where my family is. And, and um, my parents are in Nigeria, my, but I was raised in the United Kingdom. And I came here some years back to kind of pursue business. But I studied law, but I went into business pretty early. I was 22 and I kind of started kind of doing my own thing. And I've only ever run my own business ever since then. I knew I had a call in my life from a very young age to be in business and to create wealth. And in my mind, it was always this idea of creating wealth for the kingdom of God. I wanted to create wealth so I could help with ministries and, and just really help with justice and have the finances and I've known that from a very young age but what I didn't know till this year was that um, I have taken on this identity of um, creating wealth yes for the kingdom but in my own strength the Lord definitely wants us to work hard definitely he, you know there's there's a spirit of excellence that he expects from us as a body right but at the same time my heart posture was wrong yes that is in my destiny, but where's my heart? In this pursuit of wealth to help with the church or to help with ministry, where's my heart? And the Lord's been judging that with me. And he's been judging that in this year, kind of just exposing some lies that I had believed. And one of them was this lie that I almost have to help God, right? I have to help him help me become who I'm called to be, right? So I've got to help him work 50 times harder, right? Um, do even more. And again, I'm not saying you don't work hard, and I'm not saying that you don't have a spirit of excellence, but I'm saying just check your heart. Sometimes, you know, we end up idolizing, and that's what the Lord was showing me. I was starting to idolize what I believed my calling was, as opposed to working with God and doing business with God. Two very different things. Idolizing my calling to create wealth for the kingdom is very different from doing business with God from a place of rest, but more importantly, doing it with God. And that's something he's exposed this year. So that's just one example. I can give you so many of a truth, but it's a false truth. It's tainted. The Lord wants us to be cleansed in this season. I believe he's calling us into 2 Corinthians 4.18. And I'm going to read, and this has been a verse that's really been on my heart over the past few months. 2 Corinthians 4.18, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And I believe that that's what he's calling of church family, Life Center New York City to do and the church at large. Let's start fixing our eyes on what is eternal and not what we see. An example is even healing in the area of healing. That's a great example. You're praying for your healing. You're not seeing it manifested, but hey, you keep pressing in because you know the Bible says that by his stripes you are healed because it is what you don't see, the word of God that will bring to fruition what you 
need to see and what you will eventually start seeing. So I believe the Lord is calling us into a kingdom culture. The second thing I believe the Lord's doing in this season is he's, he's equipping us. He's equipping us in many different ways. One of them is in new spiritual truths. Um, another one is spiritual disciplines, new vocational training, new relational skills, and a new way of handling finances. He's equipping us. It's important that we are being equipped. In 2 Timothy 2.15, we see um, you know, the verse where it says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, who correctly handles the word of truth. And it's talking in reference to knowing the word of God, but it's also truth in every sphere of our lives, right? The Lord really honors um, us developing our skill set and I really believe in this season he's calling some of you to shift your vocation take up new training um, new, new training courses um, new spiritual truths he's highlighting things that you need um, to know new truths that maybe have been hidden he's highlighting those things to you some new disciplines you know um, whether it's times to read the word of God times to worship times to seek him times to hear from him there are certain things he's highlighting to many of us in this season and I just challenge you to hear what he's saying and obey him. The third thing that I do believe the Lord is doing even at this time is he is sending out, right? And for some it's already happened or it's happening, um, but for many it's, it's to come. He is going to be sending you out. And there's different ways that we're going to see that send out happen in the body of Christ. Number one is in new assignments. I believe jobs are going to change for a lot of people, business ideas, businesses will be changed. They're going to pivot to new things and it's all in the hands of the Lord. It's all part of his divine destiny. Um, even extracurricular activities are going to take up things like sports or things that you didn't typically ha didn't have interest in. That's all part of God's agenda. Secondly, we're going to see a send out in new relationships and friendships. We're also going to see a geographic send out where people, your addresses might even change. Um, soon that's also in the hands of the Lord and I believe the Lord is thrusting many of us into new realms of influence to demonstrate the power of God in a new way I believe there's going to be new opportunities in these new places that we are being sent out to to show the manifest power of God so like Paul we're not talking and having conversations but we are demonstrating the power of God because we believe in the purity of the word of God and it's not tainted in our experience any longer and so why will the Lord thrust us in new spheres of influence? Why will he put us, whether it be new businesses or, or new jobs and, and new friendships, new relationships? It's in John 12, 32. Um, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw myself, I will draw all people to myself. So why? Well, to draw more people to Jesus. As our spheres of influence increase, and as we show the power of God and who he is in us, more people are drawn up to him. I believe we're entering an era where we're going to see higher levels of the prophetic. I believe we're going to see higher demonstrations of the power of God. Even in finances, I believe we're going to see financial blessings um, to a whole nother level. But why? It's not to consume for ourselves. It's to the glory of God. And so even as you posture yourself even at this time. I, I challenge you to ask the Lord, what are you highlighting to me? What are you cleansing? What are you asking me to move out? What are you cleansing 
in my life, right? I also challenge you to ask in terms of equipping, in what ways do you are you wanting to equip me right now, Holy Spirit? What are the new skills, the new disciplines you want me adopt to adopt? And God is very practical, right? He'll tell you what it is. And in the send out, he'll show you. It's not going to be something you, you'll do in your own strength. And I really believe that the promises of the Lord and um, that, that has been declared over many of you, you're going to see an acceleration of those things even in this new season and this new era that we're entering into. And it's not in your own strength. It's because it's in his strength and it's the timing and it's a mixture of those things. And so the question is, how do we how do we make sure that we are aligning ourselves with what the Lord is doing right now? How do we make sure that we are in the right place like the disciples? You know, the Lord appeared to them. He told them and they went to the upper room and they went and they waited. They were postured. They were in the right place. Well, the first thing that I will say is posture yourself right posture yourself right repent repent for the complaining right repent for 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 maybe sometimes ignoring so repent right consecrate yourself repent understand that god is greater and his agenda will always trump yours right and so repent um, and then once you repented and it's a it's, it's a heart position listen to what he's telling you. Listen, listen, listen. He will talk. He will talk. Don't move until you hear. Listen to him. He's talking already. Next, um, obey his voice. Obey what he tells you. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of taking on that new job or that new training curriculum or changing your industry. It's okay. It's all part of his divine agenda for the gospel to be preached across the world. It's all part of his agenda. The Bible says that he will come when everyone has heard. You are part of that agenda. You need to make that change that he wants you to make so that people can hear the gospel so he can come back. And lastly, stay humble. When that moment comes, whether it be that moment where you are being elevated, whether it be financially, whether it be visually, your platform is increased, your sphere of influences is enhanced. You gotta stay humble. It's for the glory of God. And that's the key. It's for the harvest. The harvest is ripe. We are about to see the greatest move of God that we have ever seen. And as children of the living God, we have to be ready to host that. And it means we stay humble. So I just want to invite you to pray with me. And, you know, pray that we are ready. Pray that our heart is postured to receive what the Lord is doing even at this time. In Jesus' name. So, Father, we just... Thank you. We thank you for what you're doing even in this season. We thank you for the privilege of even being alive to see your glory manifest the way it's already happening. We ask that you open our eyes to see what you're doing even now. We thank you that you are preparing us and we say yes, Lord, to the preparation we say yes, Lord, to what you're doing in our hearts and in our lives because we live, we breathe, and have our being in you. You are the reason why we live. And it is for your glory that we are alive. The purpose of our existence is 
that people will come to know you and your power in our lives. And so we say yes. We give ourselves to you. We ask that you show us areas, stumbling blocks in our lives. We ask that you expose them. And we thank you for taking us as we are, as yielded vessels for your glory. Thank you for what you're doing in and through us. And thank you for the revival that has already started. And thank you for giving us the grace, the wisdom, the strategy to steward it well. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. There are going to be people on the line ready to pray for you. If you need prayer for anything, um, there's, uh, um, there's a number that you can call on the screen reach out, we wanna pray with you, we wanna bless you. We are so excited as Life Center New York City to see the manifestation of the glory of God in your life and to see what he's gonna do through you in this season. Have a blessed Sunday, amen.